0: Hey, well look at this. Welcome to Locked On Spartans, your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and if you're looking at me, you already know us by now, but yeah, it's our maiden voyage on our YouTube exploration is what we'll call it. And if you're listening on the podcast, well, life goes on as normal for you today as, yeah, we're, we're kicking off the first show on YouTube for Locked On Spartans. And what better way to start? there was a nice mailbag from you friendly folks let's go our locked on spartans your daily podcast on the michigan state spartans part of the locked on podcast network your team every day How fancy is that, right? Yeah, I would love to take credit for all that, but no, those are the fine folks on the Lockdown Podcast side that make that graphic possible. Um, yeah, you already know it. It's the Lockdown Spartans Podcast, uh, your team every single day. And yes, a big episode today because, well, we're on YouTube now, finally. My goodness gracious. Uh, so what does that mean for you? Not a lot. Honestly, uh, it's going to still be the same on all your podcasting platforms. We're still going to come out there. This just gives you an opportunity to see my face that was built for podcasting if listening to stuff on YouTube is your cup of tea. I I know I use YouTube to listen to music, uh, listen to some commentary sometimes. So, yeah, the fine folks at Lockdown said, hey, (laughs) we're getting you on there. So, yeah, thank you, guys, if you're watching on YouTube or still listening. Thanks once again for tuning in and making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Um, yeah, I guess it covers all the, the fun YouTube stuff. Not, nothing really too exciting for you guys. It's just, you know, some behind-the-scenes stuff for me, but for you fine folks, uh, I guess the only difference is that you're going to see a lot more hand gestures uh, than you normally would when you just listen without, well, uh, looking at me. On today's episode, like I said, we're going to mailbag it up. You fine folks gave us some great questions and a lot of pressure, but I'm going to try to answer them. Yes, we look at some young players on both the MSU football and basketball teams. Uh, We look at the transfer portal. We also look at recruiting rankings. we got a lot of questions. If I don't get to them today, I'm going to guess we'll be doing another one of these next week as well, as things are kind of slowed down around East Lansing. So, yeah, if if you have a question too, hit me up, lockdownspartans at gmail.com. And also, before going any further, I just want to make sure to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform or YouTube it is. Hey, subscribe. Let's get this. Let's get this party started. All right. So actually, there is one fun thing. I'm gonna click a button. Okay, there's one. And this is probably great if you're just listening on your phone right now and not looking at anything. But yeah, sometimes we'll have some graphics coming up when I got, you know, the time to make them. And we're gonna crack the mailbag open right now. With... He asked, What single young player on both sides of the football and basketball teams give you the most hope for the upcoming seasons? Love that optimistic question that PJ starts off with, and he gives his two answers on the football side. He says Cal Halliday, that's a fantastic one—the freshman linebacker that had a great year last year, uh, two-time, sorry, two-time touchdown score, Cal Halliday. That is, and also Jaden Aikens on the basketball squad. If you've listened to this podcast before, uh, you know uh, I might as well switch out this baseball hat for a train conductor's hat because uh, choo choo. People, I am the, the, the conductor of the Jaden Akins hype train. Love this guy ever since he committed. Thought that he, you know, his commitment would be more important than Imani Bates' commitment back in the day before, well, the whole Bates thing fizzled out. And okay, I mean, listen, he just averaged 3.4 points per game this season. But I so far so good. He's a jumpy player, great motor, defends well, very smart player, can shoot the ball, score at all three levels. Love him. But I do want to give a nod. And maybe I'm taking the easy way out here with this answer because he was a five-star player. And I'm not making some, you know, grand sweeping hot take right now. But Max Christie, I think we really got to look at, too. Young kid last year, he had uh, a good pocket of the year in that late December, early January. Really, uh, up until the halftime of the Michigan game, really, because we what put up 14 points in that first half. And then things kind of started to fizzle out. But you get him a good year in the weight room. Last offseason, he added about, what, 12 pounds? Who's to say he adds 12 more? Get a little more muscle on those legs so he can play the 30 minutes per season that Michigan State asked him to this year. And let's say he starts the season shooting like, what, 38%, let's call it. Uh, He cuts his turnovers down. And, boy, when he turns the ball over, it is very uh, puzzling most of the times. If he can... Play with more vision is is how I'll say that delicately. If, if the vision can improve, you really like the prospect he brings because, yeah, Akins is going to be a great player, but I'm not sure Akins is even going to be a starter. Will he play a lot? Yeah, of course, certainly he has to, but Chrissy's going to have to be a starter too, and I think that just with how smart he is too and the fundamentals that he has, I like Christie. And I know that's such a lame thing. Like, yeah, of course you're going to say the five-star, but I think a lot of people... Maybe wrote him off just a little bit. And, hey, I was pretty critical of him as well at the end of the season. I don't think that was necessarily a season that he wanted to have. I thought he thought it would go a little better. But just like we said, uh, he was asked to play a lot. And you've heard me say that pretty much every other day uh, during this basketball season that he is beaten into the ground. But, yeah, good season in the weight room. Get a hot start to the season. And we're going to like Christy next year. Now, for football, I love Love, love, the Cal Halliday pick. I'm going to go on the other side of the ball, and I'm actually just going to cheat here. I know you asked for a single player, but I'm going to take two players. Love the youth, and actually, speaking of basketball, uh, Keon Coleman and Malik Carr. Yes, the two big-bodied receivers. Or, you know, Malik Carr, he'll pl- like play tight ender, what have you. But regardless, two big bodies. And right now, Michigan State is fine in the receiving room, right? Jaden Reed, Montori Foster, Trey Mosley. But if they can get one of these high-ceiling young kids, because, listen, those three guys are great. Jaden Reed is elite. Uh, I think the world of Trey Mosley. But at the end of the day, he's probably just your uh, good receiver. I don't think that's unfair. And then on Torrey Foster, we saw some glimpses last year. But if you could have two great receivers, and if Keon Coleman can make that leap to great, that's going to just improve the offense so much. And, yeah, listen, I I love Peyton Thorne. You talk about conducting a hype train. I, I conduct the Peyton Thorn hype train. I think he's a really smart player. I think he's both tough mentally and physically. But I think we can be honest that there were dips last year in games where Kenneth Walker III was bottled up. You think the Indiana game, you think the Nebraska game, and well, I was going to say Pitt bottled him up pretty well in the Peach Bowl, but yeah, that's because he didn't play in the Peach Bowl, as we all know. And it didn't really look too good there for the first half, kind of bleeding into the third quarter. Now if we could have some, and of course, you know, these are different positions and running back, but if we can have someone throw some of the heat off of Reed, because Reed will get special attention this year. If one of those guys, if Carr, a big body like him, if Keon Coleman, a big body like that, can take the attention of the defense away from Reed, well, I think we're going to be okay, because that thorn to Reed connection is something special. It was very special last year, and sometimes it helped that. A little more attention had to be given to the run Maybe that attention given to the run game can go to another different dynamic receiver. I think we have a great bones in Keon Coleman and Malik Carr to be one, if not two, of those guys. Um, how are we do on time? Yeah, look at us. Okay, perfect. I know that's a great question to ask live as we're recording, but hey, that's how we're going to roll here uh, in YouTube land. MSURL, just to funnel into another question, kind of like that, but a little different is who do you think will be the surprise player this year for the Spartans on offense and defense? It's yeah, a great question. Uh, guys that are either going to, you know, that are young and are going to etch out a starting role or significant playing time or guys that could just make a big jump from last year. Offense, the answer remains the same, Keon and Malikar. But defense has quite a few candidates. Uh, right now, Jeff Petrowski, and I feel like that's a little obvious, so I'll give you two more names. But Jeff Petrowski, uh, junior defensive end, so yeah, not the youngest player as he's going to be a junior next year, but definitely an increased role with the absence of Drew Beasley. Panashuk's going to be gone. And yeah, Jeff Petrowski is going to be your guy that's going to line up opposite of Chris Bogle at defensive end. And I mean, Petrowski played very well last year. I think he got action in 12 games and yeah, you could tell he was there. It's not like he was ever absent or you look at the box where it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Petrowski played today. Like, no. You knew he was in there whenever uh, you know, he was wreaking havoc. Two other guys, though, and one just fascinates me at the end of the season of last year, is Brandon Wright, the ex-running back turned defensive end, had a really strong end to the year last year. He had a sack and a half against Pitt. He had a sack against Penn State. Now, a little undersized at six foot two. And I think the perfect role for him is going to be those third and long situations, those passing down situations where they're just going to take him off the collar and be like, hey, go unleashed, get in there, go find the quarterback because, look, you're quick. He's always had a big build, even when he was, you know, even a high school running back, he had a really good build. And I know it's a small sample size. You know, it's just two games. But. Very impressive showings in the pit game and the penn state game. So, I think Brandon Wright, as a third down go kill the quarterback guy, uh, that's going to be great. And also, just got to give a nod to Jalen Hunt as well. I imagine he will be lining up, uh, behind Slade and Simeon Barrow at defensive tackle. Uh, he saw limited action last year, kind of had an uptick in the Purdue game, the penn state game, but only saw seven snaps in the Peach Bowl. But yeah, I, I think Jalen Hunt that that's a guy that two things one, can take a big leap and have a good impact this year. And also, too, maybe kind of needs to uh, a little bit. But, hey, listen, you have the coaching staff. You have Brandon Jordan. You have Marco Coleman. Those are guys you feel really confident coaching up guys with the intangibles, the the body uh, stature that guys like Jalen Hunt have. So, yeah, I, I expect a big jump for him as well. So how about that? One YouTube segment down. We got two more to go. And of course, we're going to be still hitting your mailbag questions. But first, is have to talk to you find folks about Built Bar. That's right. You get to see me do that now. Uh, gang, it's March. We, we got a big weekend ahead, whether it's going to be washing hoops, whether it's going to be cleaning the house, running after your kids, or actually working out. Uh, whatever it is, Built Bar is going to get you through that. That's right. You've heard us talk about Built Bar for days, weeks, months, maybe years if you've been listening to this podcast for that long. Bless your soul. Uh, And you've heard us talk about Built Bar forever, and for two reasons. One, amazing on the taste buds. Sensational on the taste buds. It is like an angelic choir is singing in your mouth when you have a Built Bar. Like their classic flavors like mint brownie, coconut almond, coconut, or, hey, go find their Built Puffs, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, still wrapped in 100% real chocolate just for you. They also treat your body well because most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, Four grams of net carbs and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. One more time that's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. And before getting back into the mailbag, hey, I just want to thank you for making Lock On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Now let's just dive right back into the questions here. Gotham Spartan, he wants to stay in basketball right now, so he asked, "Where does this team rank among all of Izzo's teams in terms of rebounding?" Fantastic question, and because he also notes too that my impression that this is one of his worst rebounding teams, which meant few fast breaks and uh, just getting stuck in an ineffective half-court off, uh, so so on and so forth. Now, I gotta say. It was not a good rebounding year. Uh, MSU ranked 123rd in opponent offensive rebounding percentage. So what percentage of their opponents misses were getting rebounded by the opponents? This year it was 27.1%. Again, ranking 130, no, 123rd in the nation. Okay, when's the last time Michigan State ranked outside the top 100 in that category? Last year, it was it, it was just last year. Uh, last year, Michigan State ranked 118th at opponent offensive rebound percentage. Okay, last year it was 26.4, so 0.7% better than last year. Actually, actually, this is going to surprise you. Maybe. I shouldn't speak for you because it definitely surprised me. This is actually Michigan State's sixth straight year. They've been outside the top 75 in that category. Uh, that really surprised me because a like, listen, Michigan state had good teams in the last six years. I mean, heck they went to a final four and they were favorites to go to one the year after that. Like it seemed like things were going okay. And number two, well, yeah, for as long as this has been here, you uh, you just compare Michigan state to just blue blood, uh, punching the face, toughness, right? The war drill, boxing out, uh, rebounding over everything, uh, rebounding wins championships. They hang banners. Well, Last six years, listen, it hasn't been horrible. Like You're still in the top half of the nation. But as far as Michigan State expectations go, they've been lacking the last six years. Now, the eight years prior to all that, uh, seven of those eight seasons were in the top 35, and then all eight seasons were in the top 50. So, yeah, this has been an underwhelming run. And, of course you didn't have a Cassius Winston to hide behind. You didn't have a Xavier Tillman as post-defense, to hide behind to make up for your rebounding uh, deficiencies. And I think that does shut down the half court offense too. Or I think as well, you run into a team. I think Davidson is a great example that when you got the rebound, um, they're going back. They're they're kind of stopping you right there. Like they kind of neglected the whole idea of offensive rebounds. Like, all right, shot goes up. If it misses, um, Okay, like we'll send one guy down there maybe, but everyone else, back it up, back it up. We're going to get ready to just stop these people in their tracks because Michigan State, yeah, uh, okay, they are prided for their rebounding. They're also really lauded for their fast break, and uh cat's out of the bag on that one, but yeah, it's a little underwhelming uh this season, last season, and really I the last six seasons for, for rebounding, so... And you really would like to see that come up. And it might be a little hard. It's tough to talk about right now as to how it will improve next season because there's transfer portal season coming up. We need at least a big two, two, two would be great. I would love to see two. But, yeah, right now it's hard to talk about how good it's going to be next year. You lose a good guy like Joey Hauser. who's was actually pretty good at rebounding. I know that's not necessarily uh, who I would have up there for one of the best rebounders on the team. But, yes, Marcus Bingham, obviously solid reboundary average, about six rebounds per game this year. Decent, solid, solid. Um, and then well, Malik call pretty good at rebounding as well. He'll have an uptick in production next year, or at least usage next year. Cause I, you, you got to use them, uh, because well, there's going to be a hole at the four there and you're probably going to want a senior captain to be playing in that starting position. Next question comes from Aaron and, uh, This is not necessarily maybe the most positive segment because we just talked about a downer and rebounding. And Aaron asked a good question though. Weakest spot on either side of the ball for MSU football. I think that's a very important question. Very great question. Now uh, I think the first answer I'm going to give, which is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I I don't think is a cop-out necessarily because I think it's just, the answer is right in front of us. It's, it's cornerbacks until proven otherwise, I uh, last year, I, I I don't have to rehash all the numbers. I'll sum it up for you. It was terrible last year. It was terrible on the boundary. It was terrible down deep. It was terrible on any pass defense metric that you want to look at. It's going to be cornerbacks until proven otherwise. Now is a reason to believe that improvement will be had there. Of course there will be uh, Chuck Brantley. He comes back another year wiser and also, well, Hopefully healthy as well. Didn't really help that he missed every game. uh, What I think it was after the Michigan game or the Purdue game. Not great. Ronald Williams. He comes back. Chester Kimbrough comes back. Marky Lowry comes back. Okay. Hopefully they had a great off season. Hopefully somewhere to reset their mindset and are ready to just rock and roll into this year. But you also have a transfer in Amir Speed out of Georgia, and today the players had media availability, and Trey Mosley was one of the guys that commented on not just Amir Speed's speed, pun definitely intended, uh, but also his size. He's a rangy kid. Uh, I think it was Stephen Brooks posted a photo of uh, Amir Speed in um, yeah in line for drills at, during spring football. It's like this guy towers over everyone he's in line with right now. Like so, okay. Amir Speed, I know there's a lot of acts to throw in a kid's basket that really hasn't played a lot of cornerback in his career. He was mostly a special teams guy down at Georgia. Played a little bit last year before he got hurt, but it's a lot of pressure to put on Speed, but you need him. You absolutely need him. Now, like, can one guy fix everything? Maybe. Like, that'd be great if Amir Speed's awesome and takes care of one half of the field. But, hey, excuse me for being concerned about this next part, but the depth. You know, like let's say Brantley starts hot, but oh, he gets hurt or OK. Hey, Kimbra, you're looking pretty good. Then, OK, he gets hurt. Like last year, uh, we were one cornerback injury away from Trot and Matt Coughlin out there to play some cornerbacks. So, um, yeah, the, the depth also concerns me as well, even if even if mere speed is that guy or even if those four guys returning can be that guy. Now, on offense, uh, there's two different positions that I have listed. For two different reasons. Uh, one is just for depth reasons, and that's tackle. And this is a conversation we just had with Justin Sin uh, last week. And no, I'm sorry, earlier this week. What am I talking about? But it's look, it's Spencer Brown at right tackle. That's great. Jarrett Horst, left tackle. That's awesome. Behind them, let's say one of those goes down, one of them gets rolled up on. Uh-oh. Uh oh, Brandon Baldwin. Ethan Boyd, and that's not to say that they're not going to be great players one day, but redshirt sophomore, redshirt freshman, like zero game experience. I I don't know how hot I'm feeling about that. So, yeah, a lot of uh, hopes and prayers go out to the tackles for just staying healthy for an entire year because the interior is solid. I mean, the the three positions inside, you got Duplain, you got Nick Samak, you got Matt Carrick and Brian Green, those four guys rotating um, between the three interior spots. Now, the other position on offense that I think might be the weakest spot, and I I, I hold the right to change this opinion after uh, spring ball on April 16th. Maybe they light it up, and I'm very jumpy during spring ball. I get very excited very easily. So let's say that Jarek Broussard or Jalen Berger have nice outings in spring ball at the spring games, spring practice. A lot of good things coming out about them, kind of like we had with Kenneth Walker last season. But right now, running back is also a weak spot, too. I'm hopeful about it, though. Jarek Broussard, two years away from Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Jalen Berger, uh, you know, bigger bodied. He He's a fast breakaway speed kind of guy. Former four-star from Wisconsin. Because if it's not going to be those two guys, no, no way to button this up and sound nice about it, but I, I have little to no faith uh, in anyone behind them. And I'm sorry that's very mean, especially about hard work and student athletes, but I watched the Peach Bowl. I, I watched every game and every snap where Kenneth Walker wasn't on the field and uh, whew, leaves a lot to be desired. So, hey, Jerk Broussard, Jalen Berger, please, please, please be good. I'm begging, you, I'm begging you. Um, Speaking of good, we got two more good questions on the other side of this break, but I just got to talk to you fine folks about a new one, a new one. That's right. We're talking about Athletic Greens. That is right. Athletic Greens. New friend of the program. Uh, and listen, guys, uh, What what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. What on earth is that? Well, whatever it is, it's probably great for you. Now, my wife, huge health nut, huge fitness nut. When I told her that, yeah, uh, Athletic Greens has hopped the board, she nearly jumped out of the house. She was very excited because... Yeah, she's all about this stuff too. And if uh, if she's about it, well, it, you should be about it because a slight is just treating athletes just like you the way you should be treated. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. Gang, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season and allergy season too. Jeez. It's not just one, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy. Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And also, gang, got to talk to you fine people about betonline.net. Woo! It's BetOnline. I've been talking about them for months because they are just simply the greatest. If you want great lines, great futures, betonline.net is your place to start because, yeah, it, the college basketball tournament still going on. From all the latest odds, contest, player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and NHS basketball. Mm-mm. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's dive right back into this mailbag, shall we? This is from Edub. Edub's got a football recruiting question. I know how some of you find folks love football recruiting talk especially in the offseason. It seems like a great time to talk about it. So he writes, your prediction for the final ranking of MSU's 2023 recruiting class when it's all said and done? Love that question. This is a question that pops up time and time. Why and for good reason, because recruiting, it's a fluid situation. Uh, Michigan State started like top six in the country, and it hasn't gotten much worse. Like right now, Michigan State is ranked 12th in the 2023 recruiting class. Now that's just with five kids, a lot more dominoes to fall. Let's talk about how hard it is to get in the top 10, because right now I'll answer the question first. I think that 12 mark right there that they're at is not a bad guess and also not a bad off season at all for Mel Tucker and gang. That is going to be a very good recruiting class. If you can get the top 15. Now I have pause on going so brazen that I think it'll be in the top 10 because it's hard It's really hard. It's very hard. Uh, Let's just talk about how hard it is. Last year, Clemson was the 10th ranked class in the country. They had two five-stars, eight four-stars, ten three-stars. And that gets you 10th in the country. That gets you 10th in the country. Last year, for comparison, last year, Michigan State, who ranked 22nd, they had six four-stars and 17 three-stars. And we're jazzed about that. Like we're fired up about that. That is a great bump from the previous, not just year, but years, uh, plural, but still six, four stars. Okay. Clemson had eight, four stars and two, five stars. Now, do you need a five-star to get in the top 10? No, you don't like Oklahoma did it last year. Oklahoma's class was ranked eighth in the country. No five stars. However, however, 15, four stars. 15 four-stars and six three-stars. And that is good to get you eighth in the country. Um, I don't know if MSU has had 15 four-stars in the last four classes combined. Uh That's how hard it is to do that. That's how hard it is to do that. But you know what? Hey, if anyone is up to the task, it's going to be Mel Tucker and gang. Recruiting has never looked better in Michigan State. And this isn't, you know, me just spewing propaganda or me just talking out of my, you know what, like it quite literally has not gotten better. Like you are getting kids on campus that are either scheduled to have official visits, unofficial visits, or, oh yeah, just took one. Like five-star offensive lineman, Samson o- on Kamlua. Oh man, I screwed that up. I was so ready to nail that. Okunlola, Samson Okunlola. Ah oh, man. I'm sorry, Samson, but regardless, Hey, five-star offensive lineman just on campus last weekend. Like, Keontae Goodwin, you were the second team out on him. And I know that there's no trophies for second place when it comes to recruiting, but you're getting in connection with these guys. And also, oh yeah, on the other side of the ball, uh, you just have Marco Coleman and Brandon Jordan hosting kids. Go on Brandon Jordan's Twitter feed right now. Okay, he's got like 20 plus NFL defensive ends on campus right now. You don't think that high school kids are seeing this. You don't think that whenever he tweets a video like that, That kids that love Brandon Jordan aren't seeing the Michigan State logos and being like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's where he is. I need to get there. I mean, four-star, highly rated kid, top 200 commit. Andrew DePape out of Iowa. You hire Brandon Jordan. This kid was a Spartan 16 seconds later. So, like, yeah, recruiting is in a great spot right now. I'm going to guess they finished 12th or 13th or something like that. But is top 10 completely off the table? Absolutely not. Absolutely, positively not. So a lot of great things going on in East Lansing for a But I, I think it's important to highlight how hard it really is to get in the top 10 because maybe maybe a lot of us don't know how hard it is to get in the top 10 because, quite frankly, this was never a conversation we were having in the D'Antonio days. No disres—no, no disrespect to D'Antonio. Love him like a family member. But, yeah, we were always like, ooh, can we get in the top 25? Or, ooh, are we going to get frisky and get in the top 20? Like, mm-mm. This is a a new age, and it's it's time to learn some new things, like how hard it is to propel yourself in the top 10 of the 24-7 sports composite. Last but not least, before we get out the door, this is just a fun question. and This is from Rachel, who always has great questions for the pod. Uh, If you had to choose, who would you rather have as a guest on this podcast, Mel Tucker or Tom Izzo? Why why would you put me in this predicament? Uh, This is very hard. This is very hard because Mel Tucker is so hot in the streets right now. Like he is the hottest name out there, Um, even maybe even outside of Michigan State. Uh, You talk Big Ten, you talk to any coach in the Big Ten, either sport. What are you going to do? Mel Tucker is going to be on a lot of people's short list, but, but, I think it'd be Tom Izzo because I think I can get more out of Tom Izzo. Mel Tucker very buttoned up in his interviews, very straight laced, doesn't give you too much, doesn't give you too little. He gives you what he thinks. And sometimes not even that uh, sometimes very buttoned up answers and is on the other hand, I feel like that's a, that would be an interview that I could ask one question. Like, Hey, how's your golf game been this summer? And that's the next 30 minutes of our show right there. Or, Hey, um, i was like playing in the aircraft carrier back then in 2011. And then, Oh, okay. Uh, like we're 45 minutes into just, you know, stories, just spidering off of that one. So, yeah, I mean, Tom is open book uh, whenever I listen to him, whether it be on his radio show or in front of the media. Like he's very open to any questions. And yeah, sometimes like too open to a fault. I think we could agree on that. But yeah, that's that's the kind of guy that I want to have a conversation with. With that said, hey, Mel, if you're listening, which I know or Mel, if you're watching, come on the show. Prove me wrong. We'd love to have you on. But, yeah, if anyone has any connection to either of these fine gentlemen, I'm not going to be picky and say, (laughs) no, I don't want to talk to Peach Bowl champion Mel Tucker right now. No, I'd absolutely positively love to talk to him. Um, Almost more than anything, just maybe not as much as Tom Izzo because what a character he is. That's the end of the show. That's the end of our maiden voyage on YouTube. And if you're watching... um, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. If anything seemed a little different today, I apologize. Still just trying to get used to this. Hopefully this is the worst show in the YouTube era that we will do because this is a uh, a work in progress right here. We're going to learn together, but hopefully this didn't stray away from the format or how I sound or uh, any of my boiling hot takes that I have. Hopefully nothing has changed here, but hey, until next time, we got a full slate of shows next week might mix in some basketball superlatives, you know, like game of the year, uh, favorite moment of the year, funniest moment of the year, all that fun stuff. Or I, I feel like we're we're primed for the picking for some breaking news in the near future, uh, whether that be, okay, what seniors finally announce they leave the basketball team. Okay. What big transfers are going to really start ramping up in the conversations for the coaching staff or, Hey, for football, I guess, yeah, we're still waiting for transfers there. We got some big recruits coming in soon. So, a lot to talk about next week, gang. And I really hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Hopefully, this uh, sets you off into the sunset of the week on a very nice note. Thank you so much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. Now, go on and make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. That's right. Locked On NFL Draft, hosted by Ryan Tracy, former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker. They bring you the NFL draft life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available where you get your podcast. Love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go green.